because something that we found in like a lot of our other clubs that we were in is that like when you change the entire executive board it's very difficult to you know communicate between the old board and the new board because the old board by that point is so tired and they don't want to do this again welcome to the founders couch this is the show about stanford and mit's student founders and their intrepid journeys of starting their own thing i'm your host katherine jang today we'll be talking to senior ruthie lewis Ruthie and I first met when we joined the same sorority freshman year. She's studying mechanical engineering with a focus in product realization, and she hails from Columbus, Ohio. Last year, she founded Stanford Undergraduates in Mechanical Engineering, or SUMI for short. The club has 120 members and has hosted four events, ranging from a research lab symposium to a student social. Personally for me, the process of starting a club at Stanford is incredibly obscure. Who do you need to get in contact with? What application do you need to fill out, if any? When does this all need to happen? These are the questions that I myself, along with most of the Stanford community, don't know the answers to. Now, I can't wait to dive into this and learn about how Ruthie came to found this club. So let's get her on the couch. Hey Ruthie, what's up? Nothing much. How are you doing, Catherine? I am great. Um, how's your week 10 been? Week 10's been a lot, not gonna lie, but hanging on. How about hanging you? Hanging on. Uh, similar situation, to be <laughs> honest. So why don't we start off by asking, where are you from, Ruthie? I am born and raised from Columbus, Ohio. And what was that like? It was good. <laughs> it was a classic Midwestern town, um, and so everything was like super safe, but I think just a bit more on like the slower pace for me, and so that's why I ventured out to the west Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's still a wonderful place i still enjoy visiting it but yeah still home still Still home home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. obviously we're close friends so i've learned a little bit about stanford undergraduates in mechanical engineering but for those of um the listeners who don't know too much about the club what would you say is the goal so the goal of the club is basically to help mechanical engineering students thrive at stanford um, there are a lot of obstacles that we have to go over and around. Um, <laughs> Under and <laughs> circular. Yes. Um, just to like really get to graduation, whether it's, you know, trying to find an advisor when you don't know any of the professors very well, whether it's trying to find an internship and everyone's telling you that you have to get work experience before you graduate or else you have to like go to get your master's. And then there's the master's application, you know, um, and just a lot of work that can be a lot easier when you have friends and like a community base to like feed off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we're just trying to facilitate all of that through our club. And you mentioned that there are three pillars. What exactly are those pillars? Yeah. So our three main pillars are academic development, career development, and social development. So with academic development, basically, um, we're trying to do a lot in terms of bridging the gap between students and faculty um, to make it a more dynamic um, community. Um, and then we're also trying to provide resources for students who, you know, whether it's um, providing carpool opportunities or providing exchange opportunities for people, um, because oftentimes what people don't realize is that when we make a lot of our products um, for our projects classes like 
um, the infamous ME203, like that's all out of our own pockets. Mm. And so, you know, buying a big sheet of aluminum is actually really expensive mm-hmm. and trying to like get to Home Depot or to Allen Steel where we get a lot of our raw materials is really expensive and you do it all by yourself. So if there are other people going then who might have cars who are willing to drive you, it would, it would just save so much money and so much more hassle for people. Um, and so that's what we're trying to facilitate mm. with academic. That was really long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's also career development. And so with that one, we're trying to help students land internships and full-time jobs um, and just learn about other opportunities to do over the summer to get more experience. Um, And so we're in the process of having this, like, career workshop series where the first event we had was about um, building a resume for mechanical engineering um, and trying to, like, showcase different projects because a lot of times with resumes, they only tell you to focus on your work experience. But for someone who hasn't had you know, a summer internship after freshman year or after sophomore year, you have to, like, you know, figure out other ways to highlight things you have done, um, which, you know, it's kind of difficult to do if you just follow, like, a basic, you know, general resume guideline. So we're trying to do that. We're trying to do, like, help with, like, interviews because technical interviews for mechanical engineering is different from, say, CS or from, you know, consulting. You know, there are specific questions that you have to be prepared for, you know, like a design interview where like you really just don't have any preparation for that in your classes um mm-hmm. and so trying to do that and then finally with social um a big part of why people like the ME major is because everyone they talk to at least the majority of people they talk to are like really cool and will oftentimes like hang out with each other outside of it like my closest friends like two of my closest friends at least are mechanical engineering majors um because we just had like a lot of classes together we spent a lot of time together um, but there's a lot of other people that I'm now meeting as a senior <laughs> that I wish I had met sooner. Um, and so we're trying to facilitate opportunities for people to meet sooner and like at like earlier stages of their, you know, time in the department just to facilitate like having more fun yeah. and more opportunities for help and resources. That makes total sense. Um, so you mentioned um, the Mechie major being relatively small, relatively large. What would you say it is? Um, oh, it's about 80 people. Okay. So. Bigger than BioE, but smaller than CS. Yeah. I yeah. See. <laughs> so you told me a little bit about how you got the inspiration for this club um, when talking to a friend of yours. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what was that conversation like? <laughs> yeah. So it started um, last winter quarter. Um, me and a friend of mine were honestly just like complaining and being drunk (laughs) and one of our complaints was about the Emmy department and how we just felt like we weren't being as nurtured as we wanted to be and so we're just kind of like nonchalantly like yeah we we have so many problems in this thing and so many solutions that we could do and you know we should just like start a club ha 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 and then my other friend was like yeah we should um, but then we didn't really talk about it for like the rest of the night. And then the next morning I woke up and I thought about it and I was like, actually, like we could start a club and, and we should start this club. And I texted her and I was like, Hey, we should actually do this. And she was like, yeah, we should. And it just started this long quarter long process of, uh, getting it approved and everything. But yeah, it was pretty organic. Mm. You mentioned this quarter long process of getting approved. What exactly is the process to get there? Um, 
It's a long one. It was a lot more than I thought. I thought we just had to like fill out like a form, get some you know people who said they join the club and be done with it. But it was a lot more. We had to um, fill out like an initial application, um, and with that we had to say like you know what we wanted to do with the club, what were some of the activities we needed to do, how was it different from the clubs already on campus, um, and like why we would need funding, you know. And then we had to talk about, um, like, our constitution, which would be, like, basically, like, outlining all of, like, the roles of the executive board and, like, what we expected of our members, what we expected of our executive board, like, how people would be elected. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. We have, like, two elections each year as opposed to just, like, one. Um, and, like, it was kind of, like, to help me and my co-founder um, more than to, like, help everyone else. But mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was basically, like, the Constitution was um, kind of outlining, like, what we expected from everyone. And then we had to, like, go through training and stuff like that, like, how to manage, like, Cardinal Sync, which is what we're supposed to use um, to, like, book rooms and to do um, any event planning. So, yeah, and then we just had to, like, recruit people to, like, say that they would be founding members, which was somewhat easy but also somewhat challenging because we wanted to have, like, a diverse, like, group. We Mm. wanted to show, like, you know, people from various backgrounds, people from various concentrations, you know, various, like, you know, genders. And, yeah, we just wanted to, like, make sure that we highlighted that this was going to be, like, an all-inclusive club because a lot of times people think that, like, a lot of the professional clubs that – are on campus or like you know Stanford women in which are great and I love those um mm-hmm. but I really wanted to bring everyone together on this one and I wanted to make it very clear from the beginning so how exactly did you make it clear from the beginning like how did you find you know diverse people to recruit to the team well I mean it wasn't very hard because we have a pretty diverse major in general and so we literally just like talked to our friends um and so we made sure that we had like well, at the time we were juniors, so we made sure to have, like, some sophomores and some juniors. And we couldn't find any freshmen. <laughs> also, whatever. But, yeah. And so, like, between, like, our classes, like, um, I knew, like, a lot of people. And then my co-founder, Chloe Evans, knew a lot of people. And so between the two of us, we were able to find, you know, a pretty, like, representative group of people. Mm-hmm. And was there a requirement in terms of how many founding members there needed to be? Yeah. So you have to have 10. 10 founding members yeah yeah. wow okay but it honestly wasn't very difficult because once we told people everyone who we told about the club was super excited about they're like we definitely need this this definitely needs to happen i'm more than willing to support and like obviously like you know things change Mm -hmm. um people get a lot more busy than they think they will be Mm -hmm. but initially and like finding the ninth person was difficult or like the 10th person because we're just like okay we you know, all these people, and some people are like, oh, I just don't have time to really say that I'm going to do this. And so in the end, I was just like, I asked this one buddy of mine, I was like, I just need a body. <laughs> like, I just need you to sign this form so I can get my club together. And he was like, okay, sure. It's a so, good friend there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it worked out really well. But it wasn't, like, a very – that was, like, the least challenging thing, honestly. Like, getting the Constitution and the application filled out was a lot more time-consuming. Mm. I'm assuming, you know, a lot of – college seniors haven't written a full-on constitution for an organization so mm. what was that like um it was a lot more about discussing what we really wanted to do with the club um and less about like the formality of writing a constitution because um, there were just a lot of questions that we hadn't really thought about ourselves um so like you know 
like how are we going to like elect people like are we going to do you know just a standard like once a year are we going to do it in the spring are we gonna do it in the fall are we gonna do it in winter like you know do we want to elect everyone at once like what if we have two elections where like the way we do it now is that like um we elect the president in we will there's supposed to be two presidents <laughs> um, we'll pretend that there are two presidents right now um but yes yeah, so we're supposed to elect one president um who handles more of like the logistics of the club in the spring and then you're supposed to um elect the other president and the rest of the executive board in the winter so that there's always like continuity because something that we found in like a lot of our other clubs that we were in is that like when you change the entire executive board it's very difficult to you know communicate between the old board and the new board because the old board by that point is so tired and they don't want to do this again wait that's really interesting yeah Yeah. and like a lot of times they 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 don't so it's a completely new group of people who haven't done this and so we wanted to have more continuity where like there's someone who can like learn from the other previous board so that like when the new board comes on like that president has everything laid out and knows how to run the club Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like for most clubs at stanford actually like a struggle they have is maintaining that continuity between um the different sets of leaders like i feel like there's always information that's missed or like there's just like much struggle there so it's cool that you guys have like come up with this sort of new style of leadership in a sense thanks yeah i mean we'll see how it goes we haven't had our our second election yet so Hopefully it goes as well as we think it will. <laughs> I'm sure it will. So was this something that like has happened at Stanford? Like, was this like an inspiration drawn elsewhere, or was this something that was completely thought up new? Um, so there was technically a Stanford like undergraduate ME club, um, but I don't know. It just kind of like died. <laughs> um, <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, like I remember sophomore year or freshman year, one of those years. I randomly saw this email about it, and they're like, yeah, come to our info session. And I went, and I signed up for the mailing list, and then that was the last I heard oh, of them. Oh, great. So, yeah, um, since it went officially defunct by the um, the club, or by the SAIL, which is the Student Activity Leadership Group, which mm-hmm. is where you go to sign up for a new club, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we basically were like, all right, well, I don't know what happened with that, but we're just going to bring it back. And so we were able to, like, modify their constitution, um, but we ended up just writing our own. But, like, because we were able to see it, it was a bit more helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so there technically was one, but I don't know what happened with it. Does it still exist today? No. Okay. So they've been defunded. Yeah. Yeah. Deorganized in a yeah. sense. There's there are no members on in that club. Oh, um, I think they just yeah. So and that's why we were able to have our club, right? Um, because otherwise we would have had to just like joined theirs. join that one. I yeah. see. Mm-hmm. What other like Mechie related clubs are there at Stanford today besides, um, you know, your club is Sumi for mm-hmm. short. Yeah. So there is. I'm not entirely sure if this is, like, an official club or if it's just a group, but there is a Stanford mechanical, like, women in mechanical engineering group, but it's more geared towards graduate students. Um, I think they invite undergraduate women to do it as well, but as far as I'm aware, there's not, like, a real push for undergraduates to join in. So there's that, um, and I do know that they host events. And then there's a lot more, like, project teams that, like, involve mechanical engineering, and so that's how, like, a lot of people are in, like, mechanical engineering-esque 
groups. So like mm. Stanford Robotics and Solar Car has a lot of Emmys and stuff like that. So, but in terms of just like organizing for pre-professional, there's no other like specifically Emmy club, which is like the main reason why we started it. Um, Cause like there are, there's like, you know, SWE, there's like Stanford Women in Society, there's, or sorry, Stanford Women in Engineering. <laughs> um, there's, uh, you know, SBSE, there's Soul. So like, there were a lot of like, clubs doing what we wanted to do but they were just more general or they were geared towards other majors more specifically and so yeah we wanted to kind of like replicate that but specifically for me and not necessarily to replace those but just to enhance the overall coverage so that like the gaps that were filling that were like you know we were seeing um could be filled Mm, that's that's awesome so you mentioned that you you and your friend chloe uh, went through the application process last winter. So is this application something that people can fill out every single quarter, or is it just winter that you can apply? It's every quarter. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a club could start, like, in the winter, or it could start in the spring. It, w- it doesn't mm-hmm. have to start in the fall, per se. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we technically started, like, officially in the spring, um, but I was abroad, and um, Chloe also had, like, a big workload and so but also like even regardless of that we wanted to have a bigger push like in the fall like the freshmen coming in everyone's more rejuvenated open to like trying new clubs mm-hmm. um because i mean the spring is just not really the time on campus to really try to you know join anything and so but we wanted to be like ready to go by fall mm. so we wanted to spend like fall quarter like focusing on, like what do we need to have in place so that like when fall happens we're just like done you know Mm -hmm. um which like kind of worked but they also there's a lot that we learned this quarter (laughs) um that we just like weren't prepared for like getting a table for the activity fair for example you need to do that like a month in advance oh interesting we were like oh whoops (laughs) (laughs) we're like can we please get a club table (laughs) and like luckily like we figured it out like just after the deadline as opposed to like days before and they're like yeah like that's fine okay but that's nice it was like it's just things like that you're like oh good to know mm-hmm. okay <laughs> noted so. what are some other like good to knows for people who want to start a club at stanford hmm i would say like just know that like the you have to really want this because there's a lot of just nitty-gritty super annoying things you have to do just to get it like approved and then like once you get it approved like all of your other co- like founding members who are like, yeah, I'm so excited about this. Like a lot of them are gonna be like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. So like, you know, if your founding members aren't as enthused about it once you know it's time to actually start planning things, then like you have to go out and find more people, mm-hmm. and like you're always recruiting. Um, so I just say like tips is just like make sure that if you're gonna start a club, like be super involved and like. Yeah, like, with the activity fair thing, fun fact, yeah, sign up a month in advance. Um, And, like, just booking rooms, like, everything has to be thought out very meticulously um, because if you think that someone else is going to be handling this other general area, odds are they don't know what they're doing either. And Mm. so I think this quarter that I learned, I learned that it's just, like, I have to set deadlines. I have to, like ask people like did you do every last part and like go through the itemized list because you just find like people just forget and like Mm -hmm. that's fine that's normal um but like when it's 
your name and like your club that you already put so much time and energy getting it approved like you really want to make sure that like every event is happening as it should you Mm -hmm. know and as you want it to and to the best of your ability so how do you motivate your team members to you know put in that 100 percent um well I really lucked out because I feel like my my exec board is just like so fabulous um and I couldn't have asked for a better group um because even though there are a lot of there are like a lot of founding members who were like oh I don't think I have time for this anymore like the ones who did stay are like super passionate super committed like you know when we talk about like the ideas we have for the events um they're like more than willing to like reach out to professors you know uh, book the event spaces find the food like you know um and so like motivating them hasn't really been as much of a problem and I also try to like encourage them by just being like hey like I really appreciate all of your work like I tell them so much <laughs> I'm like that's good so many of my emails I'm just like I appreciate you and Aww. what you've done for the club and I just thank you so much for your hard work um but yeah and so they're really great but I think I think for us it's like less about like motivating them to do the club work as opposed to just like organizing how they can do the club work mm. um you know setting the guidelines figuring out in our like weekly or I guess bi-weekly um like exact meetings like okay so this is a club we want to have this is the club event we want to have so like you know you need to set the event registered on Cardinal Sting like two weeks in advance because for certain spaces they might fill up very quickly and they might also like require that you have seven business days before um of it of before you when when you register it um in addition to that it's just like figuring out like okay like did you confirm with the event speaker like okay like if that event speaker didn't work out then like what are you going to do they're like oh well like I'm just gonna wait for them to respond I'm like no you're gonna find someone else mm, <laughs> you always know? a backup plan yeah, B you know and like don't let other people derail your event you know because that's what's been happening and like that's why we haven't been able to have as many events is because you know there's just been a lot of like confusion with like oh I thought they were gonna get back to me and I'm just like no it doesn't look like they are mm. um and also I think like for me it's just like sometimes I just need to step up and be like I appreciate all your opinions but this is how it's going to go mm-hmm. because sometimes there are just too many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and while everyone has like great valid opinions and thoughts I just you know sometimes I just need it to get done you mentioned that you guys um are planning a lot of events what are some of the like if you had to pick two or three events that you're the most proud of or has been have been like the most impactful in your own opinion what would those two or three events be oh my god we've only had like two or three events (laughs) well we can mention those i mean it's at the beginning so yeah um so i think something that we're really proud of is that we had this like research info session um and so that was with the academic development team and they did a great job with getting five professors to come and present their research um to like upwards of like 40 students to week nine i was like oh my god it's a really amazing. great turnout. Yeah, you <laughs> know, so much more than I thought. Um, but yeah, and they they organized all of it, and it was just really great. Cause as I was sitting there, I was like, man, I wish I had this when I was a sophomore. Like this would have been so helpful. They would, they just went through everything they did and like what a typical day would look like for like someone in their lab, and you just learn so much more because, you know, like I was saying before, like otherwise 
you just had to like go on their website, maybe read a few articles, your journals and stuff like that, which might be on projects that they're not even working on anymore. Um, and like email them and try to like figure out more about what you would have to do. And it's just, it was just very like convoluted, you know? Um, and that's only to hope that they're accepting students, you know? So I think with this, it was just like a really great way for everyone to just like at least hear about some of the labs. There's so many labs, so we, we couldn't get them all on the same docket, but we're hoping, we're hoping to have another event next quarter about it too. But it was just, oh my gosh, it was so nice. Um, and then the other event we had was the, we had this like social retreat thing. It wasn't like a real retreat. It was just like more of an event. Um, but basically it was just for all of the, um, committee members and the exec members to just like hang out and like get to know each other. Um, because we really hadn't spent that much time as like a collective group because we do kind of work more like within our individual departments or like committees um and so it was really nice just to get to like talk to some of like the freshmen like they had so many questions for us too so it was like helpful for them to just like have upperclassmen um just to talk to and I was like yeah like I wish I'd had more upperclassmen to talk to I didn't know I knew one I really lucked out because my RA was an Emmy major so I I talked to her freshman year a lot about Mm -hmm. it but a lot of my other friends didn't know any other people um and so yeah we're we're starting a, a mentorship program next quarter to hopefully help more people who have questions about <laughs> me because I yeah. I don't have all the answers but I can at least help direct you to someone who might you know yeah and so that just can help so much and like there were just so many times when like I just didn't know the answer I didn't know how to get the answer and I was kind of stuck so yeah. I want people to not be as stuck as I was yeah that's really cool that like you're able to organize these events that you know freshmen you would have been able to find helpful so yeah hopefully it's paving a, a path forward for this club yeah. um speaking of so you're a senior now mm-hmm. um how do you plan to you know maintain the existence of this club and pass it down to to some other members so it works out really well that my co-president who's taking a year of absence is coming back next year oh because then she'll very be nice. there yeah continue it on but then also like is this I, chloe or chloe okay yeah but then also um our a lot of our exec team actually the rest of our exec team is all juniors and then there's one sophomore so theoretically they would be the next ones in line and like we're gonna have an election so either people you know vote for our current co-president unofficially to stay on as a co-president or they you know vote for someone else to be co-president we'll see how it goes um but yeah so there's there's a lot of you know promise with the people who will be here next year and so i am 100 percent sure that the continue that the club will continue on after mm-hmm. i leave so that's super exciting mm-hmm. very cool when you come back you know for the fifth alumni um <laughs> reunion mm-hmm. hopefully it'll still be existent so why don't we move on to the fire round so this is a series of questions that i'll you know throw at you and you'll respond in a couple seconds okay. um within a couple of seconds so why don't we get started mm-hmm. all right so the first question most memorable experience at Stanford so far? My most memorable experience would have to be when I went to China. Now, granted, it wasn't, like, at Stanford officially, but it was through Stanford, so it kind of counts. Um, but, yeah, so I went for three weeks with um, this, like, service engineering project team who the School of Engineering, 
Um, and it was great. It was so much fun, but it was also like very challenging. And like I had never been to Asia, let alone China. And I just didn't realize just how different a place could be. Um, but yeah, I loved it. So, what about favorite class at Stanford and why? Favorite class at Stanford. I've had a lot of great ones, um, but one of them has to be ME203 because that one like really reaffirmed for me that I really loved manufacturing. I loved making a device and seeing the whole process go from like, you know, my ideas and my brain to like, you know, drawing it out to CAD modeling it to actually building with my own bare hands. I was like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And third question, closest mentor at Stanford and how you met them? Closest mentor. So this is like not related to Emmy at all. Um, my closest mentor is actually my dance teacher. Um, her name is Alita. And she, we met because I took her class. Um, and yeah, I just love her so much. She's just so inspiring and so sure of me in a way that I needed because I wasn't sure of myself in a lot of situations. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. Not just like a mentor in the dance room, but also in life. Yeah. Most impactful summer internship and why? Last summer. <laughs> um, I worked at a startup in SF. It was super small. It's called Quartz. Um, it's focused on construction, right? Yeah, it does construction technology. Um, but yeah, and so I guess it was most impactful because, you know, there are definitely been periods in my life when I was like, oh, I don't know if like Emmys for me, like, I don't know if I can really do this. And then I, I got to the job and I was like, oh, I can do this. And I was like, okay, so like this is like a real possibility. And so I'm actually returning there next year. So that's super exciting. Yep, yeah. Talk about full time opportunities, huh? Oh, yeah. So, last fire round question Where do you see Sumi going? And what are the next steps for Ruthie Lewis? <laughs> um, where do I see Sumi going? I see Sumi going nowhere but up. Um, that's a great direction to go. <laughs> yeah, I just see us expanding, getting like, you know, more people to join committees and having more and more events. Um, I, I just see it really impacting the ME department. And I, I see it being a model for other departments to follow after um, in terms of bridging the gap between, you know, students and faculty and, and really trying to do, you know, student on student support and, and building a community where we can all help each other get to where we want to go. So, yeah. Snaps to that. And what about mm. Ruthie herself? Yeah, I, I'm going in the industry field. I am getting paid. <laughs> we like to hear that. Yeah, I am headed to SF, so that's where I'm going. But yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, this was super fun and enjoyable and super insightful. Um, thanks so much, Ruthie, for coming on the couch. Thanks for having me, Catherine. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you've got any feedback, suggestions, questions, or any existential thoughts, write to us at cj98 at stanford.edu. Lastly, wherever you're listening, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Next episode, Chelsea will be talking to another student founder at MIT. Make sure to tune in to hear all about another incredible entrepreneurial journey. I'm Katherine Jang, and you've been listening to The Founder's Couch. See y'all soon!